So, did you see the black woman that the uh, royal family has uh, pulled out of obscurity and is, like, walking around to prove that they're not racist? Oh, God, no. Wait, no. <laughs> what oh. I miss? Oh, oh, they, they, got a P, they got a black female, you know, PR, like, damage oh, control. God. Mama is box braided the fuck down boots with the African print, the yellows and the reds and the oranges, like. Wait, and this is for who again? This is for the royal family. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I know. No. After, no. A reporter, after a reporter, like, like, what, like, ran up on, who was it? William or prince philip or prince steve one of them and was like are, are y'all racist and they were like no maybe and then, then, then literally like i don't i i believe it was if it was not like a day later hours later <laughs> we see pictures of them you know interacting <laughs> with black women you know six feet apart you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, i mean like i like you know there's like oh i i'm I'd, I'd come closer if i could but you know the, we are the least racist the people feet. In Britain. Six feet ordinance. You know, I, I I would come closer to shake your hand if I could. But... <laughs> COVID. Oh God. Co- Box braids, nigga. COVID is keeping me from you know. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah com- sure. Com- it's COVID. Coming, it's COVID. Coming yes, closer yeah. to you. Because you know, I not, love the blacks. It's not because it's not because you're a nigger or anything <laughs> like that. Yes. It's not because you're a nick uh, black. Uh, 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 it's not because of, of that. Of African origin. Yes, of yeah. African descent, you know. Nigga, we don't sound like. We don't even sound great. We sound like. <laughs> we don't even sound like John, B- John Boyega. We, <laughs> we, not, we not even there. Damn. Fuck the crown, nigga. I'm sorry. Fuck the okay, crown. S- stop. We, okay, we're not. We are not famous. Tyler Perry is not gonna come protect us. Like, <laughs> You're don't right. Even do that. Madea's not gonna like pull out her little 45 out her purse to save like our obscure asses. No. Let's. <sighs> okay. Let's let's, let's relax. <laughs> For now. For now. All right, and welcome to Big Boy Brunch, where topics get tasted. I am Lolo Von Z, a.k.a. the Liberian Aquarian, the Sosa Wata, a.k.a. the Jollof Connoisseur, a.k.a. the Patron Saint of Crunchyroll Passwords, a.k.a. the Wingstop Top. Get a taste and I'll dip on you. A.k.a. the Queer Golf Course, because I keep 18 holes on me. A.k.a. Piers Morgan's Last Straw, because my voice makes the white scatter. A.k.a. Lolo Rambo. No, my. A.K.A. Gaydar for pay, Dar, A.K.A. your first choice for a verse voice. I'm sitting with the hostess with the Moses, my work husband, till copyright infringement do us part, Mr. Dre. What up, 90 Dre degrees? <laughs> Listen, do you know how appropriate that is today? Because it is fucking blazing. My nigga, the under titty sweat is dripping you hear me mm. um but other than that i'm feeling good feeling great good to see you good to be heard and uh yeah i'm here yeah i see the big boy towel <laughs> I see it. It's, it it's is out time. and about it's I that honestly time did not, i honestly did not realize that was like a thing 
Oh like, yes. Until like recently, I would just kind of like let that shit like drip all the way down. Oh, see, hell no, because, no. Yeah, I mean, it's good you for gotta my give skin. Give it a wipe. Is it? It ne- Oh, listen, like a nice, a nice sweat. Like you drink, a, you drink enough water. You go, mm-hmm. it's hot, it's hot and sweaty out. Like a one nice, like good, some good sweat. Why, why you think my skin is so clear? Truly, like, you know what? You're right. Like year round, You're I don't right. do no extensive extra like exfoliation. <laughs> It's all natural, baby. I fucks with it. All right. So we have have something for y'all today. Um, (laughs) As much as I joked about this online, I was actually curious as to how this tasted. So I borrowed a recipe from the TikToker Miss Frost and I made a nature cereal. Oh God! Look, okay. We got some fresh blueberries. Got a cup of pomegranate seeds. Swimming in a bowl of coconut water with some ice cubes to keep it cool, and a refreshing pomegranate mimosa on the side. And I must say, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it's alright. It's interesting. Like the you know the the, the soft blueberry. Like the crunch of pomegranate, you know, provide an interesting contrast with like the the with the the kind of sweet sour like coconut water. It's interesting. I have never in my life looked at one of your concoctions in contempt, but today is the day. Hey, I wanted to try something new. Okay, I have never yelled at a girl like this. We were rooting for you. <laughs> How dare you? I just wanted to, you know, try a little bit, you know. Um, will I ever try this again? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it was an enlightening experience. I will say though that the um the TikToker who did that breakfast took it off of this man, this uh, other TikToker, this guy, and he put different things in it, and it did not look like that. It looked better. So, yeah. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Damn. I felt short. I feel shortchanged. <laughs> anyway, moving on to a heaping helping of blurred news. And we got a lot today in a segment I like to call Nerdy Nuggets Face Jam, a nude ecstasy. Each week we stray further from Christ. And I'm happy about it. Let's go. Woo woo! Ow! Ow, ow. <laughs> All right, moving. <laughs> we stop playing. So, uh, in DC news, uh, sorry to add this one at the last minute. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, you, you don't really okay. need to. It's cool. So, we got a graphic uh, unveiled at AT&T Investors Day presentation, and it seemingly confirms that a live-action Batgirl and Zatanna projects are in the works at HBO Max. Uh, I'm I'm looking at this uh, this billboard, not billboard. It's like a swatch full of like DC projects, and yeah, definitely see Batgirl, Batgirl title on there. I definitely see Zatanna. I see, excuse me, I see Green Lantern. So they're still trying to make that happen. I'm happy. I also I also see Static Shock. Okay, yeah, we heard about that one. We I see. Blue Beetle, see Aquaman 2, 
I see uh Oh, I see Gotham Knights. I don't know if that's like I don't know if that if like if that's the video game or if they're also doing like some sort of like live action tie-in or animated tie-in. Either way, I'm excited because Batgirl done deserved. She she really does deserve a movie out like outside of Batman because Batman he he he's on some he's on some other shit. So <laughs> and like I'm just tired. Like people are tired. We want to see live action stories from other members of the Bat team except Batman. But y'all keep fucking up Batman. Y'all can't decide on a single Batman. So we're stuck with just Batman. Like good God, give us. Give us the Robins. Us free. Yes, give us us free. Give us the Robins. Give us the Batgirls. Like, give us the Dick Graysons. Like, you get, just give us more in in the live action sphere. Cause God, if we gotta wait, cause like, cause what if this Batman sucks? Then we gotta wait for another Batman. <laughs> On my damn noise. All right, in a follow up WandaVision news. Fan theories were running wild throughout WandaVision, and many of them turned out to be red herrings or just coincidence. One of the more prevalent theories surrounded Mephisto, who was one of the villain's fans locked onto as the big bad of the season because of the many references to the devil and the dark mystical side of the MCU. That turned out not to be the case, and during a new Mashable interview with WandaVision, head writer Jack Schaefer, Schaefer reels... Schaefer reveals why Mephisto was never in the mix. Uh, Those red herrings were completely unintentional, as Schaefer says she had never heard of him before the press rollout. (laughs) There was never any conscious intention on my part to create any Mephisto red herrings, because I didn't know who Mephisto was until I started doing press. Why did we talk about the devil so much? That's a real coincidence, Schaefer said. He wasn't, he wasn't ever part of our storytelling conversations. We were very clear that the big bad is grief. And then the external bad is Agatha. So as a viewer and as a lover of the show and characters, I didn't want anything more than that. Huh. This, this actually makes me happy. Because, you know, like, I, when people started, you know, doing the, the Mephisto uh, predictions, started making them, I... I was like, all right, cool. But also, like, one, it's Disney. They're not about to show the devil. Right, right. Like, they, <laughs> they'll show Mickey Mouse, and that's about it as far as <laughs> satanic images as well. But they're not about to show, like, the devil devil or anyone, pers- cons- anyone you know, favoring the devil in the looks department. No, right, they're, not about, to, they're right. not about to have a red demon with fucking, like, uh, po- with the pointy, pointy things on his head. Like, no. Like Christians make them so much money. That's they Christians that ain't bread and butter. Don't don't do that. No, but I think that's that's hilarious. I actually low key live <laughs> the fact that the that the producer like just excuse me the like the head writer like just did not know who Mephisto is. Right. Like just, just like just to fuck up like the <laughs> the the. The fans who feel like you know they they gotta like, uh, they gotta commandeer the whole story. I'm like, yo, these decisions were made with, with you in mind, but not not you like in the in the passenger seat, going, oh, Wanda needs to do this, Wanda needs to do that. So it's just mm-hmm. like it's 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 funny, like because people, um, 
there's an issue with WandaVision where um, there are are people who enjoy the show, and then there are people who watch the show just to get clues to what's coming next. Right, right. There you go, girl. (laughs) All right, moving right along. New study finds undervaluing of black-led projects costs Hollywood $10 billion annually. When it comes to diversity, inclusion, and representation, Hollywood is far from where it needs to be, but we are seeing progress. However, there are many blind spots that have been overlooked and cracks in the foundation that are growing bigger and bigger each day. If it doesn't fix them, the industry will have more problems than it can repair. One of them being the undervaluing of black-led projects, uh, writes Deadline. McKinsey and company released a study about the film and TV industry that is both not that surprising, but is very eye-opening when it comes to the work that needs to be done to achieve equality in front of and behind the camera. The research is the first integrated view of the data and reveals the many barriers that black talent encounters across the film and TV production ecosystem. It also shines a light on the economic impact of those inequities and offers solutions to bolster inclusivity. The company analyzed data on more than 2,000 films and interviewed dozens of industry professionals, including writers, directors, producers, agents, actors, and executives, and and collaborated with the Black Light Collective, a coalition of black executives and talent in the industry, including black excuse me including franklin leonard of the blacklist the research found that media and entertainment make up a bedrock industry with revenues of nearly 150 billion dollars each year that said hollywood has the potential to gain an additional 10 billion in annual revenues which amounts to nearly seven percent more than its baseline by addressing the racial inequities specifically McKinsey found that black-led projects have been consistently underfunded and undervalued, even though there has been evidence that is clear as day that they outperform other properties when it comes to a return on their investment. This aligns with a report from the UCLA-based Center for Scholars and Storytellers titled Beyond Checking a Box, A Lack of Authentically Inclusive Representation Has Costs at the Box Office that was released in October 2020. Whew! So, basically, they're just kind of confirming what we already knew. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Because I remember, um, I remember like, a, a little, was it a couple years ago, like, I was having a conversation with someone, and they were talking about, well, you know, it's about the bottom line. It's about the bottom line money. I'm like, nigga, like, consistently, it has, show, it has been shown that black films or black-led projects bring in money. But they just simply don't want to do it because they are not interested in black stories. Like, this this whole idea that money rules every... I think people want to say that it's about money and what will sell because it doesn't put the responsibility on the fact that this is just pure racism and that's just what it is. And, you know, people can quantify money, but they can't quantify racism. So they don't want to just say it's just pure racism because it makes no sense. So, not surprised in the least. Racism costing y'all ten billion dollars with like, a come B. Come on, son. With a, with a B. Mm. But you know, I think they, like a lot of them would still would rather just like eat that cost 
That's in exactly order to it. stay in order to stay in power. And just yeah. like the Grammys, you know, like yep. if you start you start giving more black people, more people of color opportunities, then there's less space at the top for the white people. And that's it. that. What? Give up give up this spot? No. I'm not giving up I'm not giving up any power. No. Look that's how, it. Yeah, it's it's comfortable up here. So Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Anybody with like any legitimate like uh study will tell you that this shit is just racism. Anyway, all right, y'all. Speaking on fuck shit in Hollywood, <laughs> Katie Leung is speaking out about the racist abuse she endured when she was cast as Cho Chang in the Harry Potter franchise. The 33-year-old actress recounted the bullying she faced during Monday's episode of the Chinese Chibi Girl podcast, saying that it all began when news of her role was leaked before she had started filming. It had got to the papers, and then someone secretly took a photo of me. She remembered. I just broke down. I just started crying. After that photo was published, uh, Leung, who was a teenager still in school at the time, said she started receiving a lot of hateful and negative messages. I was like Googling myself at one point, and I was on this website, which was kind of dedicated to the Harry Potter fandom. And I remember reading all the comments. It was a lot of racist shit, she said. And then someone had actually created a website, a hate site, It was like, if you disagree with this casting, then click on this button. And then it would just be like a count of how many people disagreed with the casting. And you would just see a number. Uh, Leung continued. I know, it's awful. It's so awful. Leung, who didn't have any media training at the time, according to People, said she approached a publicist about the online abuse, but was told to not talk about it to the press. I remember them saying to me, oh, look, Katie, you know, we haven't seen these websites that people are talking about. And if you get asked, then just say it's not true. Say it's not happening, she recalled. And I just nodded my head. I was like, OK, OK. Even though I had seen it myself with my own eyes, I was like, OK, yeah, I'll just say everything's great. It's unclear if the publicist was working for Leung or Warner Brothers Pictures, the studio behind the Harry Potter movies. A spokesperson for the company did not immediately respond to people's request for comment. Leung played Cho, a Hogwarts student, in five Harry Potter movies. She previously spoke about the backlash over her casting in a 2016 interview with Scottish newspaper The Herald. Looking back, I can't remember much about that part of it because I was so in denial of what was happening. I put it to the back of my mind. I don't know if that is the best way to deal with it, but that is naturally what I did in order to move and be a good actor. Ooh. So, like, we really are running out of reasons to still support Harry Potter <sighs> as a whole. <laughs> like, every single day, we're just kind of like, so just like, oh, there's another reason why not. This shit is so annoying. This shit is so annoying. Like, oh god. Did you, did you did you watch um did you watch Harry Potter as a kid? As a kid, no. Like as an adult, I started watching it, and okay. I liked it. Um, <laughs> I'm saying that under my breath. I, I liked um, it. <laughs> but like. Yeah, there's so many things where it's just like, damn, bitch. Like, one thing after the other. And this right here, like, to have, like, a little girl have to, um, you know, 
eat racism, like just to act like. Basically, she they told her to gaslight herself, basically into thinking that some, you know what I mean, like, and it was just so the show can go on, and like just think about how many like uh, people of color actors have to just you know bite the bullet and just suck it up, just so that they could have some type of career is disgusting. And mm, and like on, on that. In that entire series, uh, I know I in retrospect, I, I didn't really think of it when I was a kid, but in retrospect, like, oh wow, the black people just they really don't have <laughs> they don't have storylines. They're just kind of like in the back background to be yeah. uh to be padding, to be, you know, just you know, to just one of the gang for, for Harry Potter. And you know, <laughs> Cho Chang was um excuse me, Cho Chang was a love interest uh for Harry. And I think uh Damn, I'm 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 losing it. I believe that in the in the, what the fourth movie, I think it was the fourth movie. Um, either like, I think I think Harry asked Cho to go out with him, and then she was our she was already you know, she was already going with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Was kind of it. It was kind of it. I think, and that was like that was one of the first. Um, that was one of the first kind of like love interest stories um, that I was invested in um, because like they do kiss at one point. And I remember like, that was like the first time I was like, oh, a character I was rooting for, like, you know, gets the girl. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. But in retrospect, like, wow, he, he really fumbled. Terry really fumbled the bag with Cho Chang. And like, he, he ended he ended up like marrying his like best friend's sister and like, and, and she's a nice lady, but it was just, it's just like, damn, <laughs> just because a girl just because a girl is just like there and like you know they, they, her family like takes you in and like feeds you and shit like you ain't gotta anyway anyway the racism <laughs> I'm, I'm getting i'm getting away at like the, the racism is, is really fucked up right like the, the the tokenism like cho didn't even have a whole like storyline neither did any of the other asian characters that was in that movie especially with the black characters in the movie it was just like yeah it's <laughs> Every single year, we just like we strip away at the Harry Potter legacy, and ooh, you hate ooh, to see it. The inside is ugly. Oh Lord! Mm. All right, moving along. Pepper coming back. Pepper back in the pot. Avengers Endgame star Gwyneth Paltrow revealed exactly one condition where she would come back to playing Marvel's Pepper Potts. The star explained that it would have to be an absolutely quick hit for her to re-enter the MCU. She told people, I think if it was a small part that I could do in like a day or two, I would of course be open to that. These days, fans have heard more about her lifestyle startup Goop and those those audacious candles than anything from her Marvel days. But with Marvel Studios operating like it does, there's only so much time that could pass before you end up seeing her again. Tony Stark and Pepper are really central to the entire enterprise, so both Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr. will get asked about this every six months for at least a few more years. (laughs) Uh, um, I I just thought this was funny, because, like, girl, if if Gwyneth Paltrow comes back as Pepper Potts, like, it ain't gonna be no quick little thing. At the end of the movie, at the end of the whole, like, you know, that that final phase during uh, Endgame, Mama shows up to the battlefield in a whole suit of armor. Yep. Um, uh, like after doing being ba- basically, 
uh, Tony Stark's sometimes girlfriend, sometimes assistant, like, and then finally getting like weird superpowers in in the third movie, which she then got rid of or whatever. Like, and I I, I partially expected her to get the rescue suit in three, but that didn't happen. So, and then we finally get it in Endgame. So, bottom line, girl, like you say yes to this, like it ain't gonna be no like one day, like they're they're putting they're gonna put you in the purple iron suit. And you you will most likely have to be rescuing some people. Like it's just <laughs> I just don't see it happening any other way. Like she may show up and as like a brief in a brief cameo in like Armor Wars and Ironheart, but yeah. let, let, listen, the, the right the right budget <laughs> and should the right paycheck and she'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine like the you no know, the feminism they they love, you know, they they love the squirrel. Like have put rescue next to uh, Iron Heart and have them, I don't know, do a feminism. <laughs> the day Big Boy Brunch got canceled. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. All right, moving along. <laughs> The live-action Powerpuff Girls pilot at the CW has found its three leads, with Chloe Bennett, Dove Cameron, and Yana Peral all joining the show. The Powerpuff Girls live-action series was first announced as being in development back in August. Based on the Cartoon Network series created by Craig McCracken, the new series sees the pint-sized superheroes as disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime-fighting. Will they agree to reunite now that the world needs them more than ever? Bennett has been cast as Blossom, Cameron has been cast as Bubbles, and Perrault has been cast as Buttercup. The pilot reunites Bennett and Camerson, uh, through, though this time they will play allies instead of enemies. Both previously appeared in the ABC Marvel series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in which Bennett's character and Cameron's fought against each other. Um, so I was already against this being live action for many reasons one like it's 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 just very strange to like take like kid shows and like age them up so you can i don't know like i i, I like put yourself in their shoes it it's it as an adult it's strange just let them be kids and let them be another reason is that the cw doesn't have that much money they got enough money to do like some cute like flash graphics like they might give you a king shark or they might give you a gorilla grod like once a season but to to really encapture the the fast paced um fight scenes that were in the powerpuff girls like they were giving like anime battles like across cities like flying streaks right. of light throughout the and like like man of steel level like effect like fighting fight scenes and i know i have a and i know i know for a fact that they're not gonna have that and so like um they they just they just don't have the budget it's not that they couldn't it's just they just don't have the budget to do that so that's another reason um yeah (laughs) they're they're i i see them running a lot i I see them doing a lot of you know like the the episode of the powerpuff girls where they lost their powers and, and they just, and I think, and I think they get they gain like 
they had like fingers and instead of flying they just like ran with the same music in the background just like dun, 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 and they're just like like hitting a slow jog down the street <laughs> That's what I that, that's that's what I see on or or maybe or maybe they got cars or whatever. But it, <laughs> but new reason why I don't like this is because um um Chloe Bennett is Asian and they cast her as Blossom and Blossom is known like I mean it's it's cool they have an Asian per, they have an Asian woman as a leader but like Blossom's main thing is that she's extremely intelligent and she's like super like bookish cast they they cast an asian woman as like the super smart one so okay there's stereotype number one and then um what's her name and then dove cameron is white she's a blonde white girl and they picked her to be bubbles you know the like the free spirit like not yeah the free spirit like the all-american girl like the the america's sweetheart you know they picked the white woman to be the precious white girl of the group, of course. And Yana Peralt, who I believe is Afro-Latina. If, if she's not black, then she, she's definitely brown. She's definitely brown. And they picked... And it, it, either way, if it's if it's Latin, if she's Latina or if she's black or if she's both, it's equally bad because she um, got cast as the character who is stereotyped as aggressive and angry and like ready to fight at, at a moment's notice. So Whew, y'all couldn't avoid stereotypical casting that, for <clears throat> one show CW. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Um, first of all, like you said, I just, the idea of a live action power of girls is just so weird, but whatever. Um, because you know, like you said, no, the budget just wouldn't be there. Second, um, for for me, Buttercup has Buttercup was like for me like Buttercup was in the vein of Pink, you know, like the singer. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like so, like for them to just go and say we're gonna cast, we're gonna you know, we're gonna cast someone um, who is visibly not white. In this role, it's like Lord. y'all are just so ridiculous to me. <laughs> it's like Lord. we expected this, but damn, mm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Tired. Tired. But you know, my punk, my bitch ass is very intrigued. It's still intrigued, and I'm still gonna watch because I'm a punk. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I'll probably watch the. I'm gonna watch the first episode just to see what it's given, and then we'll see. I, me, and a few friends on Clubhouse, we were complaining is that like these dramas, like you know, comedy dramas, or whatever. That a lot of them that have been coming out later, let you know, lately, um, like you know, in Insecure, um, it, there seems to be a gap. There seems to be a, a gap in drama. So like it, the drama, it'll either be um, teenagers, like in like their late teens, or it'll be 20 somethings, but it's like their late 20s and they're about to turn 30. Like 20 to 25, like range, it never gets touched. And it's 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 really yeah. strange really fr- because like, you know, puberty, like, ex- pu- like, you know, growing up, like from 20 to 25, like that's like it's major. 
Mm-hmm. So and it keeps getting skipped. I I don't know. I don't know if the producers don't want to like look themselves in the mirror or like I don't. Right. <laughs> or maybe it's just what what maybe it's it's just what's selling right now. But it, it's just very odd. But you know. But specifically, like the Powerpuff Girls are built as twenty somethings who are like disillusioned and are like you know feel like they've lost they 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 miss out on a whole lot of things. So as much as I hate it, you know. This might be one of one of the few shows that's actually talking about that. <laughs> kids in their twenties. God, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, anyway, we'll see. All right, moving on to our last story of the day, or last nerdy story before we uh, move on. Uh, so Kikai Zentai, Kikai Zentai, Kikai Sentai Zenkaiger. The 45th season of Super Sentai um, aired last week. The very first episode aired last week. Um, It's translated as Machine World Squadron Full Throttle Ranger. Uh, The show's theme is robots and mechanical devices. Celebrating Super Sentai's 45th anniversary anniversary with heroes and items based on past Sentai robots and ranger teams. Not gonna lie to you. Nigga... I, I was tripping over these designs. I was like, girl, what what the fuck is this? Where is the spandex? The spandex is only on one of y'all. And he 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 looked like the pride flag mixed with uh, you, you you know you know one of them conservative gays who got who got the Confederate flag with the rainbow oh God, pattern on yes. it? Yeah, yes. that it it, it was kind of giving that. And I, I talked mad shit. However, <laughs> however, the show surprised me slightly. I was concerned with the the mobility of the actors in the, the big ass robo suits. I'm like the, the, the I was afraid the action scenes were gonna be mad clunky, but uh they 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 shut me up. Like the big red dude was like moving all over the place. Like my man, he was like dancing like in, in, in the in the circle of uh bad guys, you know, hitting the nay nay. You know, like, you know, fl- flying everywhere. Like, I'm like, okay, all right, all right, I'm intrigued. And I did, I do like this design. So I was like, I th- I like the designs as like Zords. Like, if they were like Megazords only, I'd be cool with this. But like, it's like Megazords as the Rangers, which kind of threw me off. But the story explained it kind of. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So basically, all of the other all of the other ranger realms and teams like they got kidnapped and turned into these like power coins and um this world this like robot world got fused with a with a human world while like the evil robots were trying to take over the human world because it's like the last world that has like the power on it so it was just it's this one dude who whose parents just so happened to be working on an, another uh, set of powers? So he uses that, and with and with four other robots from the new robot world, they they fight and stuff. Did um, what did you think about the clips I sent you? Um, so <laughs> I was like, wait, so is this the Japanese version of Power? Like this is the original? Yep. Like yeah. I was like, this it's is the, it's so this is so much better. Than American <laughs> shit. I was like, oh my god, this is so much cooler. Um, 
I was looking at it. I was looking at these niggas like flying around and the action scenes. Like you said, they, they were busting ass. I thought that nigga was doing the June bug challenge, but yeah. <laughs> so he like, he like, I was like, hold up. What is he? <laughs> Call me a coupon. <laughs> but I was like, yo, this is really cool. Um, the way they were moving. I was like, they were, they, they moved so much, um, more fluid, I guess. Yeah. Like, like the uh, action scene, like it, it's uh, the the Power Rangers, like love y'all, but like the these last couple se- ep- these last couple seasons, like the acting has been so stale, mm-hmm. and like the and like I don't know these Japanese actors, they put their whole like toe into whatever they're doing, yeah, and it's like yo, they like it, it just it's just emotion and like you know it's it's a show for kids and like the they all the characters are animated like they're practically bursting through the screen yeah um, and it was so. funny too like like this one time like and what like in one of the scenes a guy like puts him in like a headlock and like hits his head like this yeah yeah just, yeah you know it's like it's funny yeah, sometimes and yeah, fun, so yeah fun that was the cool thing so all right, all right girl. And, and the toys are kind of cute like it's it's an interesting um megazord combination so like the four rangers they can transform into big mecha and they can fight on their own but they can also transform into other forms and connect two at a time so to like you know so two of them can con- combine to make this like giant you know big mecha so you can you've it's usually like red and yellow and like pink and blue which i live because you know buy rights <laughs> uh, and they can and they can swap and they, they can swap so it can be like you know di- different combinations which i think I, I think is really cool and i think what they're heading for is that um the the white dude uh the uh the beautiful beautiful joe looking motherfucker in the middle um is going to get his own mecca and i think all five of them are going to combine so that that'll be interesting i that that's my prediction but it's a cute show it's it's a cute show i'll keep it updated um if the any anything wild happens and you know and and you know and i'm oh listen back to power rangers like the day they confirm that we have a black gold ranger. Yeah, it will be the first thing you hear on this show. <laughs> so, believe that. All right. So, that's that's it for uh, Nerdy Nuggets uh, Face Jam. I uh, hope, hope you got a mouthful. And when <laughs> we come back from our break, we have a very special guest we got yeah. a guest for y'all see yeah we, we got like people like us again you know like you know, the, the world was shading <laughs> us for like two weeks but you know we, we got we got somebody we, we got somebody for y'all all right uh we will be right back special guest she is a liberian sierra leonean recording artist straight from atlanta her new single stormy weather is available on all major streaming platforms and the music video is currently streaming on youtube we are so blessed to have her here y'all give it up for Grio, the storyteller how you doing hello hi i'm so glad to be here 
I'm so excited. Huh. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, no, uh, thank, thank you for you. coming. Before before we get started, I gotta I gotta give you your flowers. You truly are a breath of fresh air. You know, your, your sound reminds me of all the songs I used to listen to on the radio as a kid. You know, you got that that old school vibe with like a new school twist. Like, I'm so glad thank I found you. an artist like you. Like, thank you for creating. And like, I can't can't wait to see what else you got planned for the future. Thank you, thank you. Uh, all right, all right, Dre, you got it. Okay, let's start it off. Okay. Right. Let's do all it. Right. <laughs> so, first question. So, um, please explain for the listeners the origin of your name because it's got some deep West African roots. Yeah, so my name is spelled G-R-E-O, Grio, and it is based off of the word G-R-I-O-T, and they were storytellers in pre-colonial Africa who went from village to village um, telling stories orally and a lot of times with an instrument called a kora, so they were musicians, musical storytellers, and so I kind of modeled my name after that, changed spelling G-R-E-O, so... That's where my name comes from. And I wanted that to be a common thread like in my music as well. Yeah, awesome. And you you do weave some amazing stories. So, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So what was it like growing up in Liberian and Sierra Leonean culture? Oh Lord. <laughs> it was um I appreciate I appreciate my cultures immensely. Um, especially um, my Liberian culture, uh, my mom, she actually ran for president of Liberia. Um, really? And so, yeah, so that was always a big thing in our family. Like, you know what I mean? Big, big, big shoes to fill. Like, you know, that's the first mm-hmm. daughter and things like that. So, yeah. um, and it was also a different experience too, because my, both of my parents were pastors. So, oh, okay. oh wow. Y- y'all know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dre specifically. Y'all, y'all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. y'all know. So I was raised in the church in Georgia, you know what I'm saying? In the South. That's where I was raised. And so it would be a thing where I would go to church, I would go to school. Um and I would, you know, be in just southern black culture. And then I would come home and there would be my mom and my dad. Um and then my mom passed away. And so then it was just my dad at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was always like just a, this huge amalgamation. That's why I also chose Rio because it was this huge amalgamation of different cultures like that I was raised by. Because when my mom passed when I was younger, then there would be ladies in the church who would step in and, you know what I mean, who would also help. So I just appreciate um, the librarian culture, the Sierra Leone culture, and the American culture that I was just kind of raised in. So Wow, that, that's beautiful. Yeah, I get that. Um, so when did you start making music? Um, I've been making music during my whole life. Like mm-hmm. I said, my, 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 my parents are pastors, so I was in the youth choir, youth the choir. praise <laughs> teams, the revival. <laughs> all of it. The revival of teams, it. I, was like, I was doing all of that. And so um, I've always been doing music. And then I started like professionally recording music about... Uh, the same time that I started rapping, which is about um, almost three years ago. Oh, so wow. um, that's when I started rapping, and then I recorded my first rap song, "Black Kids." It's out. It's crazy, but um, yeah, I, I love that one. Yeah, you love oh my all god, the Af- that's Black crazy. Kids and, you know. When I listen to it now, I be cringing because you know it's just it's just an artist thing. Like it's the mm-hmm. first song, you know what I'm saying, that you ever wrote. But mm-hmm. I, I will go back sometimes and re-listen to it and and recognize it for what I was doing at the time, you know. 
I, I so, can't tell. The, I can't tell the difference. Like I was like, <laughs> you could have dropped that last week. I'm like, yeah, I, I, this, I'm, I'm vibing with it. It's whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you you vibe with it. That's great. Um, but yeah, no. So I've just I've been doing music for about three years. I've been doing music for about three years professionally, putting music out for about three years. Awesome, awesome. Who are three of your biggest inspirations? Ooh, Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. And um, believe it or not, D'Angelo. Come on, come on. <laughs> I can believe it. Top three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, did, did you watch the verses? I didn't. And I was actually really upset because I wanted to watch it live and I had felt I had fallen asleep. Oh. <laughs> and it so was... then I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning that night and I went on Twitter and there was all these like clips of the D'Angelo. I was like, oh, shit, that was tonight. Like, yeah, okay, for sure. So <laughs> then it's just, I was mad. Now I haven't watched it because I really I just have to get over the fact that I I'm not able to watch a lot. But eventually, <laughs> it's cool. But it, it, it was good. He 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 had on like this big like like fur coat, which I know he borrowed from one of his aunties. Like, <laughs> he, had, he had the electric candles in the back. Like it, it was very it was very like you know like vibey like pat. pat uh, I bet it was great. Yeah, uh, it's cool. Like um, all right. <laughs> so sad I missed that moment. <laughs> But yeah, you yeah, it's it's dope whenever you get around to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're currently based in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the music scene in California like? Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great, especially where I'm at. Um, I can't speak for places like LA or the Bay. I'm sure they're also really great as well. Um, but where I'm at is really dope because we have a lot of dope artists out here. Um who are like really just so close. Like we're all just so close, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, we just keep working keep being consistent, keep working with each other. You know what I mean? Trying to work across as opposed to work up and Sacramento will definitely become like one of those cities, like a major contender in the music scene. So awesome. I, I like Sacramento. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I've, I've never been to California and I was, I was trying to go. Oh uh, yeah, I was, I was trying to go for pride last year, but you know, all this mess happened, so I had to, had yeah. to chill <laughs> for a bit. But one, one, one day, I'll, we'll make it over there. Yeah, it's so, it's nice. Yeah. I like it. I can smoke on the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I don't know if this is supposed to be PG or something, uh, but uh, no, no, you Not have stepped on yeah, to the said, S- no, let me know. You, you have you have stepped onto the SS Big Boy Brunch. We curse like sailors okay, over then. here. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bet. Bet. All right. So um, you and I first connected on Clubhouse. Like, you know, me and my friend uh, Jewel were hosting a, like a queer librarian's room and you popped in for a bit. So, you know, I really, really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, has Clubhouse helped you in terms of connecting people, like, you know, to your music? Yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely, first First of all, the librarian community on Clubhouse has, they show up and show out every time. Fine. So that's, I really appreciate librarian Clubhouse. And I've also met, um, a couple other people that you know have connected me with some dope networking opportunities. So nice. um, yeah, I, I I I haven't been on it much lately. I haven't been on it in a couple of weeks. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> it's cool. Besides it's cool. the, I was there for a performance. Uh, the Librarian Clubhouse had a um, a uh, February fourteenth 
like Valentine's Day show. Yeah. And I performed really there and they that was that was really fun. That was really mm. fun performance. So yeah, Clubhouse has been dope. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. How about Spank Food? Yeah. All right, cool. So, you know, let's talk about the Stormy Weather video. Get into right? it. You know, okay. it's an amazing video. Um, in it, you're rapping and singing as four color-coded versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, how'd you come up with that concept? Yeah, so um, I was kind of just thinking to myself, like, as, this is my first music video that I ever put out. So I was kind of just thinking to myself, what is a message that I would want to convey um, with this video and I decided I wanted it to be the same message that I wanted to convey with the song itself which was at the time when I wrote the song I felt like I was being constricted into a lot of boxes and just because you know especially as a as a as a you know woman rapper there's a lot of different opinions going around all the time you wear you should do this and you should do that you should do this yeah. to make it and things like that and I don't know I was just feeling like I was just put into so many different boxes so I was like, okay, I'm just going to say fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? And do what it is that made me grill in the first place, you know, and that's do what the fuck I want and tell the stories that I want to tell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I kind of uh, just kind of destruct- deconstructed myself. Like these, these are all the parts where people want me to put away, you know what I'm saying? Or want me to lock away. And I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do that because they all make me. And so I separated it into the different colors you know and then um color coded the props and the outfits and everything Yo, so and good. yeah i wrote the treatment sent it off to og music nafo who um he's on instagram as og music nafo and he is a dope videographer out here in sacramento in the bay area and he kind of looked at my treatment and was like okay so this is what we can do with your budget <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. all right okay for sure went back to the drawing board you know what i'm saying and uh we kind of got it together we got it together for um a very minimal budget but we were able to make a dope as visual like that was really true to the message that i wanted to send so and i'm so glad that people were fucking with it so hard oh yeah so like, good so so many different um so many different like you know amazing scenes so you got like um so the red is like the rebel Mm-hmm. And like the purple, you got the creative, and then the blue is the empath, and then green is mother nature. And at the end, like you're rolling up a blunt and like you're passing it to your different selves. Like, yo, mm-hmm. that was that was that was dope. That was that was so cool. And then it lands on your regular self. Yeah. <laughs> <At the end>. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 so cool. Yeah. Like it, I yeah. wanted I wanted to show like, look, we are all of us in my head. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> all the different parts of me. You feel me? I sound yep. crazy. All the different parts of me. Look, we chilling. We all in tandem, in tune with each other. We rolling the blunt. We passing the blunt. You feel me? And real me smoking the blunt. <laughs> I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I actually I follow you on it on Instagram, and I I saw that you had reposted a tweet from Rico Nasty saying that mm-hmm. like you don't really need a huge uh, budget to make like a dope ass piece of art, and so yeah, and like so like you know what. Like when I, when I looked at the, at the video, I'm like, yo, this this could have been like, like this could have been made with like millions of dollars or whatever. But like this, um, this really you know speaks. To it cost me one thousand, one thousand dollars. Y'all hear that? Y'all <laughs> hear that? <laughs> one thousand dollars, seven fifty, and seven fifty of that went was the videographer's price. Mm. So the rest of it, wow. rest of it went to my props, went to my outfits. We was up in the thrift stores. I was Come up on. in the spray paint aisle. 
I was spray painting TVs, spray painting beds, spray painting records. You feel me? We was, we was, we really tried to, we did everything we could to make the vision come together with the money, the resources that we had as independent artists. You know what I'm saying? Self-funded. Oh, yeah. right That's what we just had to do. And it came out great. So it did. Thank, thank that, you for it. Thank yeah. you for it. That's so uh, good to hear because like, you know, so many times, like you said, independent artists will get, you know, you know, feel intimidated you know about releasing their work because they're just like oh i can't like i can't do it yet i don't have this and that but like that video i'm telling you just amazing so and you said a thousand come on it got me absolutely about it is is because it's i was able to do the video and it's what the video is able to do as well because at the time i hadn't spent any money on promotion and three weeks you know later I went from like 156 monthly listeners on Spotify to now I think I've had like 14,300. Yes. The most like um, I had 56. Uh, let me see what's it called followers on TikTok or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I have like 17,000. I know that's right. The views yes. on Twitter went crazy. It was it got the most views on YouTube that of any video I ever had. Like it was just one of those things where the right now it's at like thirty seven thousand streams, and before mm-hmm. that I was probably getting like a thousand streams like on on any song over the course of a year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So the course mm-hmm. that in t- less than three weeks it got to over thirty six thousand off of this one thousand dollar video, and I haven't really tapped into my promotion budget at all. So it it just gets to that point where it's like okay. We, it's possible you know what i'm saying because now when i start paying for the promotion and and really pushing the record like how i want to push it it's only going to reach new heights so yeah absolutely yeah. and you're you know you're inspiring people you're inspiring like i i um i, I saw the video you posted of you like you know showing your like your little cousins the video and then like oh right yeah it. yo like yo that like that's that that's what that's what it's it's all about really appreciate that um, yeah, I was that made me very happy to see their reaction. I, yeah. My cousin sent me that video. That was my nieces, and I was just like, "Oh wow!" Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that was so sweet. Wow, that's so cool. All right, so we usually talk about brunch food on the podcast, but you know, oh, since yeah. I I got a since I got a fellow Liberian in the building, like we can you know we we can we can expand that a little okay. bit. Okay. So um so so what are your favorite Liberian dishes? Ooh, cassava leaves one. Cassava leaves. I just had Kasali's some. Cassava leaves one. Palm butter soup is two. Yeah, see, we, we're on the same wavelength. Come on. <laughs> Fufu and pepper soup is three. Come on, come on. Yes. Peanut soup is four. You said top three? <laughs> All right, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, you, so Peanut gra- soup gra- is four. Grumpy gra- gra- soup, four? Okay. Uh, Some uh, palava sauce. Yeah, palava That's sauce. Five. Okay. Lava sauce is, is five. Jollof rice is six. Librarians have the best jollof rice. You can't tell me anything. We do. We do. Um, <laughs> are you, are, are you with your mother? Just honestly. <laughs> honestly. Some kala. My grandma's kala. She makes the best kala and pepper sauce. Ah, some kala. Uh, for those who don't know, it's um, uh, kala is based, it's a uh, fried dough that you, you can eat. Sometimes people eat it with jam. Sometimes people eat it with like hot pepper, but... Yes, yeah, the pepper good. sauce, the hot yeah. pepper fish sauce. The Ooh, hot pepper so fish sauce, yeah, delicious. But yeah, that's my favorite. Those are my favorites. Yeah, dope. Like, I love, like, I literally, the, the other day I was eating cassava leaf. You know, what was interesting about it, I ordered it from DoorDash. 
there's mm-hmm. this place right up the street called uh, Durant's that it serves um they serve like Jamaican like, Caribbean food like African like yo li- listen the first time I ordered it it was not that great it was a little watery and it wasn't uh-huh. like it didn't have a lot of spice but it, like you know what I'm gonna give them one more chance and okay. I, or- I ordered it again when I taste it <laughs> The super correct. The super correct. The, no, no, no. The super correct. But um, I asked for just, just, um, just put some meat, meat in the soup, and they they put meat in, but it was just like, it was like the bone and like the the like the fatty part. It was only like a t- like a just a, a tiny bit of meat, and I was like, you know what, I I love the soup so much. I think I'm gonna order it one more time. My wallet screamed at me, but I was like, let me give, let me get it again. But but just put chicken in it. Right. And they brought that one. I'm like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, that's it. That's it. So I, I found my little spot. <laughs> you make me want to cook. You make me want to cook, for sure. No, I got to Because I have all too. the ingredients inside of my fridge to make okra soup, but... Okra <laughs> sauce, yo. Yo, it's, it's fine. fine. But the time and the effort and the elbow grease it would take mm. to really cook is doing and too the, much, so... And in, the conta- and in the containers, you got to, like, you got to put... Find something to put, put, put the sauce in. You got to... Deep freeze it. Um, got to clean up. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. Yeah, so I, I will I will gladly I'll gladly pay like a Liberian restaurant or like order right order. Or I'll gladly pay those prices. So I don't know any Liberian restaurants out here. I don't even think we have any out here. That's a thing. It's just you just gotta know people. You gotta know people. Yeah, yeah. Have, you just gotta you know met, people yeah. out here who cook. Have you weird. met any other Liberians while you've been in Sacramento? Yeah, yeah, I've met I've met a lot. I've met okay. a lot actually. Okay, all right. So I've maybe you know, do, do a little like deep deep dive in one one of these days. I'm gonna ask. So who 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 auntie trying to make some money? Who <laughs> for real, for real. Like, who like, trying to make money? Please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So over the last year, you know, we've been in quarantine, and you know, COVID has been being a whole bitch. Um. So what are some of the TV shows, movies, or books you've enjoyed during Ooh. this last year? I've been watching a lot of anime. <gasps> oh, okay. So One I watched us. Dragon Slayer. Okay. And okay. that was amazing. Dragon and then I watched Slayer. The Promised uh, Neverland. Okay. And that was amazing. I rewatched watched um, Iron High School Host Club like the third time. Oh, the one about the twin brothers that are gay? Well, it's like, so there's this girl who was like posing as like a dude to get into the school. And there's this like, like there's this group of guys who like entertain ladies Mm -hmm. at the school and he broke a vase. And so he had to uh, join the club or whatever. It's just, it's, it's a lot, but it's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Teenage me was like, rewatch it, rewatch it, rewatch it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, for short girl. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I watched uh, Black Clover. That was really mm-hmm. good. Okay. That was really good. Nice. Also, The Handmaid's Tale. That's not anime, but I watched Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. Um, That's some white woman drama for your ass. That for is your ass. Drama. <laughs> wow. It is. Lord, but the acting is good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Top tier, top tier. Um, and then I rewatched my favorite movies. So I watched uh, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite movies is um, Repo Man: The Genetic Opera. Oh, 
<gasps> Yo, the the one with um 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 Alexa Vega from Spy Kids. Alexa Vega. Yeah, yes. yeah, that that was a and, good one. Oh, was it good? It was so it was weird, but it was good. It's a very weird, odd movie. But I was a theater kid, so oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so Dre, if you don't know, that so it's, been, it's a lot of my my interests. I was in high school in theater. So the movie is. Movie. It's basically. Um, that we live in, they live in like a dystopian future society where um, you you bought where you rent organs and right. like you like you rent your organs out and if you can't pay yeah like I remember repo, that yep the repo man will come 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 through um, and so like just rent it out that, 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 that was such a weird two. concept I've seen I've, it yeah there are actually two movies but, about this there's but that you one know, and then there's it's repo man commentary. it's social yeah. commentary yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's it really what I is. It's weird, but look, mm-hmm. it's social commentary. It's not that far <laughs> off. I'm like, wow, this isn't this For isn't real. that far from reality. So yeah, because yeah. there's it's, that one. I like it. It's a good movie. And then there's Jude, and then the one with Jude Law, right? Jude Law, which one is that? Yeah, he it, did there's one. it's this one called Repo Man. It's basically it's the same concept, but it's like an action movie. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the non-musical version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I watch the non-musical version, but. <laughs> The musical yeah. version where they're singing the songs and shit. Mm-hmm. That one, it's top okay. tier. Love it. <laughs> awesome. awesome. But yeah, those are the movies I've been watching. Cool. All right. Uh, we got one more question and then we'll, we'll, uh, okay. we'll wrap, wrap things up for today. So, what advice do you have for young West African artists coming up in the game? Mm. Know what you want. No, which and this is that's so crazy because I had an interview yesterday too, and I said the same thing. Literally, that shit. No, or two days ago, and I said the same thing. It's know what you want, um, because you will meet a lot of people who feel like you know you got to do this or you got to do that or you got to do this, and you never will be able to decide what it is you actually want. You know what I'm saying? To do unless you know at the core what it is you want out of your career, what you want out of your music, and so. And I always also I always also say like when somebody listens to your music, they're not and something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna go blame the producer or blame the videographer or blame the, you know, your publicist. They're gonna blame you because it's it's your it's your music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So everything is a reflection back on you and your taste level and your eye. You know what I'm saying? And your intuition and just your creativity. So you kind of have to be. You have to know exactly what it is. Like, I, f- I feel like it even sounds repetitive at this point. You just have to know what you want. You have to know what you want. And you have to not be afraid to assert what you want as well. doesn't matter who you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? If you know this is what you want to do, you need to not be scared. You know what I'm saying? You have to not be afraid to tell, you know, this person on your team that you don't want to sign this or tell, you know, this producer that you don't want the drums to sound like this. You want a different drum pattern or tell, you know, the photographer that you want to do a picture in this color, you know what I mean? You just have to be very assertive with what you want, but in order for you to really stand on it, you have to know in your heart that's what you want and really believe in your own vision. So, yeah. All right. Love that. Rio, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for kicking it with us. Uh, y'all thank stream, stream her. Oh, yeah, a pleasure. You're, you're welcome back anytime. Her new single, Stormy Weather, again, is available on all major streaming platforms, and the music video is currently streaming on YouTube. Um, where can they all f- where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at, at Grew the Storyteller on Instagram. Um, you can find me at, at Auntie Grio on Twitter. 
I'm going to be doing um, some Twitch live streams soon. So I'm setting that up. And, but I'm um, at I am Grio. And then you can also go to my website too as well, um, www.iamgrio.com. And you can check out like, you know, exclusives and things like that. And just uh, all my merch and everything that I got going on. Yeah, Awesome. And oh, and she's got a link tree like on her like Instagram like, yeah account yeah so like it's got it's got a link to like all our stuff so mm-hmm. yeah all right so we are going to take a quick break to pay some bills eh, not really <laughs> um and we will be right back Griot's uh, Stormy Weather, I thought that we would have a Stormy Weather playlist. So Dre and I uh, each picked three songs that we listened to on a rainy day, and we're going to share them for you today. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to rain on Monday, but, you know, just whenever, you know, when it does happen, because April's on its way, probably Correct. come early, probably come earlier because of this climate. So. Yeah, really. for real Dre, and um it was supposed to rain today too but it didn't so yeah cl- uh, clearly anyway yeah so for me um my first song is by an american idol winner uh whenever i hear this song i just imagine like i'm in a music video in a car looking out a window as rain gently falls on my window Okay, so, yeah. uh, okay, William Hung does not have the range like that. <laughs> Shut the hell up. So, wait, what are we I, doing here? I forgot about that nigga. Oh, my God. But uh, my first song is going to be Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Here we go. Ah, okay. I could Period. Period, Kelly. Period, Kelly. Period, Kelly. Kelly. Period, Kelly. I spend my weeks and I learn how to fly. Till I touch the sky and I touch the sky and I touch the sky. Make a change and break away. Yo. Like, I was just, just hitting puberty, so, like, every emotional song had me, like, in my 
Fifi. Same. I used to love this Same. song. So much. I used to protect this song. Like whenever anyone tried to make a parody of it, I would immediately like snap on them. I remember my, my little brother was like, you know, make a wish, make a change, and break a leg. And I was like, stop that! Stop that! It's a beautiful <laughs> song. Don't you do that! <laughs> song is from a newer artist um, I, I really fucks with and definitely fits the rainy day vibe um, this is definitely a song to like sit down and like drink some ginger tea to um, just you know look at a, a, a look book that one of your artist friends sent you the other day and just vibe while the weather does what it's gonna do uh, yo th- this song mm, yeah, I, I fucks with it. Like, I feel like this song could have come out like in the early two thousands, and yeah, it, it has that same vibe, it has the same feel. Like th- this, this artist is clearly a a student of Sade. This and that song is uh, Snow Allegra's "Whoa." Snow Allegro with Whoa Ah 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 But anyway, anyway, but yeah, this is this is definitely a song that um this is definitely a song that like could have been played back in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it gives off that vibe. Yeah, def- definitely, vibe. definitely gives off that that rainy day vibe. Yeah, damn Absolutely. it, Creative Cloud, <laughs> what happened? Turn off. I am trying to record my podcast radio program. <laughs> I love a program. A program. Huh. All right. Wait, Dre- did- all right. Okay. <laughs> All right. All, right, all right. So my next song, look, I'm doing. I feel like all right. Lorenzo did like uh, more, a more current song. I've, all of my songs are gonna be throwbacks. So my second song is a super throwback um, to a Mr. Tevin Campbell, one of the best vocalists of the '90s period, um, and one of my favorite songs from Tevin is called, and you should know this. Can we talk? All right, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to let her go on. Can We Talk by Teva Campbell. Let's go. Can we?
Listen, um, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> Tevin said on Twitter that um, this song is about him being a stalker low-key. And ever since then, <laughs> that song has taken on a different meaning. But guess what? <laughs> I'm still playing that shit. Can we? Can we? For a minute. Just a minute. Shout out to our sexually fluid king, Tevin Campbell. Love that for us. I love this can song. Can we talk? And I love him. Can we period. talk? Can we? Can I see you? Can we see eye to eye? Like a goofy movie? Right. <laughs> if you know, you know. All right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, you've got... So you, I played for y'all Snow Allegra. So like... There would be no Snow Allegra without this woman right here. She was the original Rainy Day song maker. Okay? Like, her music oh, transcends not race. Y'all got it fucked up. Aha, you thought. Y'all thought. Stop playing. No, transcends uh, the planet. Like, it extends out through, like, multiple universes. It's just mm-hmm. the soft voice and just, like, the jazzy vibes. Oh, my God. She's she's amazing. She's, like, amazing. And I believe she was – hold on. But I'm trying to think of more flowers to give her, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. It's Sade, obviously. Sade with Smooth Operator. Ooh. What a vibe that lady is. Ooh. Truly one of the greatest. Yeah. One of the greatest. When I looked her up, like on, I wikied her uh, like a couple months ago. Cause I was like, I, I just never see her like out, like out here, like talking about stuff. And she said, uh, wiki says like, mama don't give interviews. She don't. And I'm like, period. Damn. I respect and that. I love that for her. Mm. She's like, y'all not gonna have me all up on the damn shade room. <laughs> Talk about I want nothing. To, she said I want nothing mm, to do with it. And I don't blame her. Royalties and land and baby daddies and, and, and <laughs> owning masters and shit. No, no. Mm-mm. All right. <sighs> God, what you got? Okay. So, my last song is um one of my favorites uh, from one of my favorite groups. Uh, and honestly, this group held, uh, holds one of my favorite musicians ever. Abba. Okay, this this song is definitely um, on the nose for a rainy day song. Um, and it is by Tony with a Y. 
Tony with an I and Tony with an E with an accent. Tony, Tony, Tony. And the song is called It Never Rains in Southern California. Let's go. Nigga, I love Tony, Tony, Tony so much. It never rains in Southern California. California. Listen, Tony, Tony, uh, Raphael. Oh, by the way, the person I was saying, um, there's one, my, one of my favorite musicians in that group, Raphael Sadiq. Ugh. That's all. That's all. Ugh. Raphael Sadiq is one of the greatest songwriters, composers, singers of ever and i love him he can write a fucking song he can compose a bitch can can you uh can you can you clean your webcam off it looks a little blurry like is that like a little i don't know if you got a little substance on it like shut the fuck up i mean it wouldn't be too far-fetched so Anyway, I can fanboy all day. Just like Lorenzo, I mean, what you got? I, I mean, just like lick your thumb and just like do a quick once over. Like. Stop playing around. <laughs> there is nothing on my cam, y'all. There's nothing. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't spell Capricorn without Cap. All right, moving on to our last song. <laughs> our last song is a a classic. It features uh, Ja Rule talking about some rainy days. Yes, it's Mary J. Blige with Rainy Days. Smile. It's just those rainy days. Spend a lifetime trying to wash away. Until the sun comes out and shines again. Smile for me. Smile for me. All those rainy days. Spend a lifetime trying to wash away. Until the sun shines and I see your face. Smile at me. Smile at me. Jairo in that gravelly ass voice, that gravelly ass singing voice, nigga. If you don't go somewhere, <sighs> we love it though. He, he stayed. He's still paying dues from that fire festival bullshit. Ha, hello. Mm, mm. But a beautiful, a beautiful song, y'all. This song was so deep when I was a kid. I fuck with Jairo so hard. I was like, yo, this dude, he's like, he's tough. Until G Unit like, came. 
and ruined and and turned him into a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> Quite literally, threw him in the trash. God. <laughs> The way Ja Rule literally never recovered. Like, 50 Cent got, like, three different shows. Bruh. Like. <laughs> and, and Ja Rule pa- paying debt. Server rich white kids. Uh, cheese oh plates God. in styrofoam containers. Oh, God. Wow. I'm so sorry. This wow. is supposed to be. Hey, hey. hey it, it's a stormy weather playlist. Yes. We're weathering the storm together. <laughs> All right. And that wraps up this week's sample planter we're going to take one last break and we will be right back all right all right all right it's time to scrape the plate y'all um First things first, uh, we should have added this to the earlier segment, but we just, I just wanted to throw this in. Um, so I'm upset at Amazon Prime because they actually legitimately scared the ever-loving shit out of me on the timeline with this trailer of them. So at long last... Amazon has lifted the curtain on Them Covenant, the upcoming first season of Little Marvin's highly anticipated horror anthology series. Per Amazon, Them is a limited anthology series that explores terror in America. The first season, subtitled Covenant, centers on a black family in the 1950s who moves from North Carolina to an all-white Los Angeles neighborhood during the period known as the Great Migration. The family's idyllic home becomes ground zero where malevolent forces next door and otherworldly threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. Um, whew. Um, so this is basically Lovecraft Country, but they were like, you, y'all pick one genre. Pick one genre. No horror sometimes, and it's sci-fi over here, and then adventure over here, and then action over here. No, you pick one genre from the 1950s, whatever, and you stick with that, okay? No, none of this, no fucking, like, no, no fucking Jackie Robinson, like, cutting a giant goddamn squid in half with a bat. No, keep it cute. And this is that that this is what that looks like. Um creep me the fuck out. What do you think? Yeah, they had the girl from us mm-hmm. um as like in there and they the also girl. had um the woman who uh from uh Get Out. She's she plays the mother, like the woman who was like uh she was like no. the housekeeper and the maid or something. No, no. Yeah. No, right. no, 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 right. no, no, um, no, it was, yo, that scene where, uh, the, uh, the, uh, person from, um, in blackface, oh, jigaboo, jigaboo ass nigga, the jigaboo ass nigga, Nick, uh-uh, I saw that, I was what like, you gonna do? no thanks, like, it, like, that nigga was coming out of the shadows, and I was like, no, don't, I was like, uh, uh, that white ass mouth, and oh, oh god, 
it was like it was kind of like the Piccaninny twins, but yeah. like scarier. Exactly, exactly. It was a l- little scary. Like once you saw the kids, I'm like, oh, it's not that. Eh, it's just little kids doing whatever. But like, <laughs> I mean, some some people may. I mean, if I was like ten, I probably would have been freaked the fuck out. Yeah, by, by them little things. But um, yeah, God damn. I think like, I know. think it's like wild how you can really make this is this is really this really um highlights how fucking awful white people have been um like over the over the centuries that you can make so many legitimately horrifying uh movies and tv shows about racism about the same damn thing because uh, it happens where everywhere every love yeah, the the white flight uh, story from Lovecraft Country that was that was happening in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. This is happening in what California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the great migration from the south to like the, great, the west. The, yeah, yeah. Well, everywhere, to the north, yeah. everywhere, making y'all look at it because like we it'll be less scary for black people because like we've been new, but the white exactly. people are like, oh my god, oh my god. But also like, how many get outs do you need? Yeah, to get it. Yeah. So, there's there's that. There is there is that. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was rude. Oh, this ADHD. Let me read the text and shit. All right, but Dre got something for y'all asses, and I'm I'm gonna let him go first. Right. So today on Twitter, next I um, mean, next I mean, <laughs> I I, I kind of went all right. <laughs> So today on Twitter, I was just scrolling and I saw. Uh, so let me just preface this by saying, um, there's there's like this this um, there's this agreement or this like understanding between queer folks, specifically gay black men, that um, the barbershop is not the the like the the local barbershop, like the hood barbershop, is not a place. That we find safety or care or um, acceptance in. So many gay black men have said the same uh, same thing. Uh, that when we get there, they are talking about, they are saying some homophobic shit, some transphobic shit, um, some femphobic shit. They are saying it. They're talking about um, uh, the women they fucked. Or the, the how disgusting queer people are, or maybe, and they say it openly, and they have like conversations and arguments about it, right? So today, some some nigga who um, has never seen a bottle of lotion in his in his fucking life decided to come on Twitter and say, basically say, oh yeah, um, I'm I'm you know, and, and not some, and not <laughs> he basically said that y'all niggas lying. Basically, um, every he, he was just saying that every time he's in a barbershop, he's never witnessed that. So therefore, every queer black man has been lying about the barbershop. I never hear um, disparaging remarks about gay men and like, you know, transphobic remarks. So therefore, it doesn't happen. One, you're a fucking liar. Two, um, even if you didn't hear it, that does not mean that it doesn't happen. So this nigga basically, so let me read this tweet. Black men don't sit around and talk about gay niggas in a barbershop. The conversation consists, 
consistent consists of work, sports, and sometimes our personal lives if we know each other well enough. Y'all are just obsessed with trying to control environments where hetero black males are comfortable. Um, stupid. So somebody quoted quote tweeted him right, and basically showed that this nigga has on many occasions tweeted disparaging things about gay queer queer black men have said fag you know just like shit like that right and this dummy had the nerve to say some shit like oh but that's on twitter da 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 that's on twitter like that ain't got nothing to do with like what we talk about on um you know in the barbershop and he said this is what he said a man that don't know the difference between tw- a twitter account and a barbershop somebody responded with the perfect response a man that don't understand how an analogy works. Straight men talk about gay men on Twitter every day, but the barbershop is where the conversation stops? Like, we all been in the barbershop. We all know the conversation gets brought up, so quit. Like, are you trying to tell me that the shit you talk about on Twitter, you're just going to leave out of the barbershop? Like, what are you saying? Yeah. Does that like, make literally, sense? Literally, I, I remember very specifically um, a time in, in a, a barbershop that I, I was in. Um, when, when I was younger, when I was I was a teenager. Uh, I believe it was, it was one of these judge shows. It was like the middle of the day. It was like you know, it was like Saturday, middle of the day, um, or like late afternoon. One of these judge shows. And anyway, like one of the plaintiffs or the defendants was like clearly like gay, and he was speaking very like um, he was speaking effeminately, um, and he was he was upset and he was arguing his point. And as he argued, he was arguing his point, you know, he, he got more, more distressed and, you know, like he got extremely emotional and, you know, he has like, a, he has a, he had a lighter, lighter voice, higher, higher pitch voice, um, as, as he was arguing his point. And then all of a sudden, like, like, like clockwork, um, one of the barbers goes flaming, he flaming. <laughs> so, what is so, so like so if like, there's a stealth queer person in the room who you know sees sees a barber some someone who's supposed to like you know help help you like get your mental state like good like you look good you feel good and i, I like how does that feel when like you know someone is like clearly making fun of queer people like right right in front of you so no like the barbershop is not a safe space for queer people <laughs> One of the first times I even found out about Caitlyn Jenner was because my um my ex had went to the barbershop and he said they were talking about Caitlyn Jenner. I was like, "What's who's Caitlyn Jenner?" And then I was ho- told about Caitlyn Jenner. They knew about Caitlyn Jenner before I knew about Caitlyn Jenner, nigga. Really? They were talking about Caitlyn Jenner in the fucking barbershop, nigga. Disparaging, awful, transphobic shit, but they were talking about it. So, like, for you niggas to be like, oh, yeah, we just talk. No, nigga, y'all say some awful, awful shit about queer men, about all women. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all do that shit all the time. And for niggas to get on the fucking internet, because of course there were some other ashy niggas agreeing with him. To get on the internet and lie and say that, oh, yeah, we don't talk about y'all in the barbershop, you're a fucking liar. And you're really trying to gaslight all queer black folks, or all queer black men specifically, and say that our experiences have been lies? Fuck you, you call, Yeah, like the all the, these motherfuckers are like, oh, like, homophobia? 
Uh, it's it's not a fear. I'm I'm not scared of any gay person. Oh, but you're but 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 you're scared to admit that you were talking shit about them behind their backs. Right. Wh- which one is it, sweetie? Like, stop being like niggas. Come on, just to be obtuse. Like, you're the shit you talk about on Twitter. You're gonna bring to the barbershop. Stop trying to convince us otherwise. Nobody in like y'all really trying to make us feel like we're stupid. Nobody's stupid. I just, over and over, straight black men prove that they're the white people of the black community. Over and over. Over and fucking over. Like, this nigga said this shit unprovoked. Unprovoked. Nobody asked him. Nobody said anything. He just decided one day he went to tweet about uh, uh, saying that niggas, uh, uh, queer niggas are lying about their experiences in the barbershop. Nigga, go to hell. And that's it. All right. Thank you very much, Dre. I'm asking to kind of like branch off of that topic uh, to talk about another subset of black men um, that are almost as frustrating as y'all. Queer blacks who slut shame. Queer blacks who are femphobic. Queer blacks who stay trying to push bottoms and tops into a gender binary get help yesterday. Find help, please. My people, please. Let my people go. go. Let my people go. See, like... The, the, the American Idol <laughs> references just keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got up like for the past like what week and a half I had to see tweets. Um, one talking about like oh I I, I need a I need a man who ain't all, all on OnlyFans and, like you know the niggas who like who don't post nudes aren't on OnlyFans don't have all the accounts like you know these these are the men like I'm I'm looking for and then also like um a a gay nigga from Atlanta want to hop hop online like oh like oh these quote-unquote tops are in quotation marks these tops want to paint their nails now and i'm just like and so what if they do oh my fucking god wow like like you (laughs) jumping out of one box and like landing into another one like like what what is the point what is what is the point and if you like mask guys just say you like mask guys like i like mask guys i don't give a fuck but i'm not about to tell another queer person how they shouldn't shouldn't like present themselves because that's fucked up if a nigga want to wear nails and and like and slang that dick he gonna wear nails and slang that dick and you ain't gonna and, beat his and, ass about it yeah because you're gonna be you're gonna be too busy like moaning and and, and groaning and, like creaming or wh- whatever y'all think whatever whatever y'all think happens back there it's, it's rectal trauma. It's it's rectal trauma, sweetie. It's not. <laughs> Niggas lack. We, we we not out here lactating from our asses. Oh my god. Uh, oh god. <laughs> all right, but cut the shit, y'all. Like 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 cut it. Ugh. <laughs> One of the responses to that tweet, there was a guy who said, "I want my top all top, no bottom tendencies." Um, seriously i was like what sir 
niggas need help. Niggas need help. Frustrating. Like, mm, 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 mm. um, but yeah, that that's all I wanted to say on that. All right. Um, I wanted to read this report from the human rights campaign because yeah, it's some some really really fucked up shit. Um, like going down right now. So uh, today, uh, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves signed SB twenty five thirty six, an anti transgender sports bill, marking the first piece of anti LGBTQ or specifically anti transgender legislation this year to become law. Reeves committed to signing this bill when it was sent to his desk last week. The legislative fight to pass discriminatory anti-transgender legislation has been fast and furious, led by national groups aiming to stymie LGBTQ progress made on the national level and in many states. There are so far 147 anti-LGBTQ bills under consideration in state legislatures across the country. Of those, 73 directly target transgender people and about half of those would, like SB 2536, ban transgender athletes from participating in sports consistent with their gender identity. And I'm going to read you a quote from Alfonso David, the human rights campaign president. Governor Reeves' eagerness to become the face of the latest anti-transgender push is appalling as he chooses fear and division over facts and science. This law is a solution in search of a problem, and legislators in Mississippi have not provided any examples of Mississippi transgender athletes gaming the system for a competitive advantage because none exist. While transgender athletes have been competing at every level for years without incident, Governor Reeves is signing this bill while Mississippians continue to suffer and real issues go unaddressed. Bullying transgender kids is no way to govern the state out of the crises they face. While he claims this bill is necessary pushback against the Biden administration, he is ignoring the fact that 35 anti-transgender sports bills were introduced during the Trump presidency last year, including in Mississippi. Like previous iterations of the same anti-equality fight, this law is bound to face scrutiny, legal challenges, and ultimately hurt the state's reputation. Transgender kids deserve better, and so does Mississippi. And that's a queer Liberian uh, who said that, okay? <laughs> my man's Alfonso David out here doing the damn thing. But, oh my fucking God. It, it, I'm sick of this shit. Like, it's every, fu- it seems like it's every fucking week or every fucking month. There's something. It's like, girl, ugh, like, stop. This always, like, these lawmakers are always not doing their job because they're doing shit like this. Like, mm. bullshit. Yeah, absolutely bullshit. Uh, analyses conducted in the aftermath of previous divisive anti-transgender bills across the country, like the bathroom bills introduced in Texas and North Carolina and an anti-transgender sportsman in Idaho, show that there would be or has been devastating fallout. Idaho is the only state to have passed an anti-trans sports ban to date, and that law was swiftly suspended by a federal district court. The National Collegiate Athletic Association came out against the Idaho bill and others like it and subsequently moved planned tournament games out of Idaho. The Associated Press projected that the North Carolina bathroom bill could have cost the state $3.76 billion over 10 years. And during a fight over anti-transgender bathroom bill in 2017, 
The Texas Association of Business estimated $8.5 billion in economic losses, risking 185,000 jobs in the process due to National Collegiate Athletic Association and professional sporting event cancellations, a ban on taxpayer-funded travel to those states, cancellation of movie productions, and businesses moving projects out of state. So, on on several levels, being discriminatory is gonna fuck up. It, it's gonna fuck up your stability. So cut the shit. Uh, all right. I uh, just wanted to raise awareness about that. Um. Yeah. All right. Um. Moving on. And my last point. Hmm. This one goes out to Attack on Titan Avi. Y'all, y'all know who he is, or who they are, excuse me. Um, got the nerve to talk about the new black anime character. We well, not new, but like it's so. So Netflix Yasuke's and the anime um, dropped some first look photos, uh, and they, they they're very, very cute. Uh, we are getting Lakeith Stanfield, okay, as uh, as the main character. Uh, it's an African samurai who served under Oda Nobunaga. So I'm I'm really excited uh, for this movie, not movie, six episode series. Um, like it, it paints Yasuke as the greatest Ronin ever known in a war-torn feudal Japan, filled with mechs, magic, and more, trying to live out his remaining days in peace. According to Netflix, Yasuke's peaceful days don't last, as he's forced to take up the sword once more. The series is produced and directed by LaShawn Thomas, who created Cannon Busters, and animated by M.A.P.P.A., um, who did uh, Attack on Titan, the final season, and Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, so there is a serendipitous nature about this project, how an African-American man goes to Japan to live and work amongst the very best in Japanese anime to create an anime about an African who goes to Japan to live amongst the Japanese elite and become a warrior. Thomas says in Netflix's blog post, part of me deep down feels I was meant to create this adventure series with Mappa, Flying Lotus, Lakeith, and the rest of the talented team. Uh, Thomas says he remembers reading the children's book Kurosuke by Kurusu Yoshio and the excitement he felt when he learned Yasuke wasn't just a fictional character, but a real person. I'm excited for both longtime fans and newcomers to enjoy our reimagined take on this historical figure. So all this, uh, all this beauty in a black anime character who's going to be animated properly and going to have no flat lips and just going to look like uh, a white character with like brown slapped on him, like actual well-textured voiced by a black person. We're, we're, we're getting fed today. We're getting fed. Okay. But here's some random person on the internet. Got to go. Oh, why we got to bring politics into it? Why we got to bring right thing to why we got to do that, that, that girl. Girl, anime, <laughs> anime and politics have been doing a little tango for decades at this point. You, you, you a little late to the party, sweetie. <laughs> so, 
Let me, let me read you a few. So, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, it's it's a fictional story, but you know, in this in uh the their town of Mestris, the country, excuse me, um, alchemists who work for the government are known as state alchemists, and they are automatically given the rank of major uh, in the military who carry out missions like the complete devastation of the Ashvalan people, a darker-skinned race that was decimated by state alchemists. So, sounds pretty, sounds pretty politicky to me. And that's like one, one of the most popular, one of the, the most popular anime of, of the 20th century, like to this very day. Oh, and um, I'll pick another one. Hmm. Akira. One of the most highly acclaimed anime films of all time. The same film that uh, Kanye Fat Pussy Jeans West uh, paid homage to in the Stronger video was about a leader of a biker gang in the middle of a post-apocalyptic Tokyo um, whose friend acquires telekinetic abilities after a motorcycle accident, uh, threatening an entire military complex. Like... (laughs) <laughs> politics po- politics very politics oh and and um hmm and the show like the the avi the picture that you chose for your avi um the eldians in attack on titan it's a race of people who descended from a woman uh a, a, a woman named emir uh, who became, you know, the, the giant monster or whatever, you know, to, to make the nation of Eldia um, and ba- basically creating the energy, like the level of a nuclear bomb, being able to smash walls and things like that, like world, com- world conquering powder, power, powder, power. And <laughs> the, the show includes like sil- a civil war that destroyed an empire you know, acquiring nine titans, acquiring uh, firepower, acquiring arms. You know, it talks about countries, you know, changing, you know, like, you know, like, you know, power shifting and rising. Um, <laughs> yo, politics. I did, That was a uh, shitty way to explain yeah. it, but politics. <laughs> did, like, do you not see? Mm. You click clear, clearly not. And I'm 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 annoyed that like I'm I personally didn't get too upset at this one person because it's like a random person online, but um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the blurred homies were was upset because like to this very day to like to this very day like black people are marginalized in anime like so much so that the inclusion of one the fact the the fact that uh. The fact that an anime show would just dare have a main character as a, a black main character, even for for like a six episode show, we had like Afro Samurai way back in the early two thousands. Like, like this is like this is new. Like, this is not new. Like, black people have been a part of anime like for decades. So, you know, random ass person online who caused my friends so much grief. You have no idea what you're talking about, and like if you don't think politics are an anime, then, like you're you're missing out on a very, uh, a very key component. A very like you know it's yeah, <laughs> you're not enjoying. You're clearly not enjoying the show very well because like it's, or you know, granted, 
I, I'm I'm being a little mean to, to this person because like racism like you know if, if you want to enjoy a show on like one regular level it's it's fine but like it just like j- to completely say that there are no politics you know and you j- you're just watching it for like surface level fight all right fine cool but don't <laughs> don't <laughs> don't be lying on yourself bro <laughs> it's not worth it like you're gonna get dragged online it won't it won't hurt too bad i mean you know because like you, you, your face isn't up there like God, it will always be an anime ass Avi that got something slick to say. Always, mm. whatever. But anyway, that's kind of it. That's all we got. Love that's it. our show. We gotta go. Oh oh, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Grio. <laughs> yes. Stop by the show. Once again, y'all go go listen to that Stormy Weather uh, new track. Like, you know, stream it. Like, stream it ten times. Like, put it on autoplay, autopilot, whatever. Like, like share it with share it with your friends. Share it with with your kid. Cause like, I don't think I don't believe she curses in the song. So yeah, you you, you could pretty much play it for anybody. You know, like check it out. You know, uh, support a young sister out here making that good music. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Boy Brunch. Trey, where can they find you? Yes, I am on Twitter at Exhibit Dre and on Instagram at Exhibit underscore Dre. All right. And you can find me on the Twitties and the Instagrees at Lolo Von Z. That is L O L O V O N Z. Think about branding, like the new like name, but you got to say it all the damn time. God, I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> but it's a cute name, so I'm just going to keep it. It is. <sighs> Thanks. All right. That wraps up our show. Oh, and give us a look. Give us a, a nice, a cute little rating, a cute little, you know, star. Um, we, we don't, we're not Lyft. We don't drive you back and forth, but, you know, we, we do be delivering that could good to your ear door every week. So, you know, give us a little review. Um, got got some big things we're working on. Um, meaning they're just kind of like floating around in my head. So. Stay tuned. All right. All right, y'all. That has been Big Boy Brunch. Check, please.